This is the MG Car Club Podcast. This week we review the motorsport season that was 2021. The MG Car Club Podcast. Hello, Wayne Scott with you on another episode of the MG Car Club Podcast. Hope you're keeping well and hope you're looking forward to the big MG Car Club social coming up very soon, of course, taking place at the British Motor Museum, Gaydon, Warwickshire, here in England. On October the 9th, it was an event that started during the depths of COVID last year and provided a brilliant way to round up the autumn, end the summer with a fantastic MG event, and it remains for 2021. Bigger and better than before. Don't forget, you can still get your tickets on the British Motor Museum website at britishmotormuseum.co.uk. A really relaxed, informal day where you can just bring your MG Use it as an excuse to get the car out and on the road and come and meet all your mates in the MG Car Club, basically. We'll all be there having a great time. Come and join us. It'll be great fun. Those tickets, britishmotormuseum.co.uk. And also, if you fancy a little bit more excitement from your MG social weekend, you don't have to come and park up. You don't have to do any of the polishing. You don't have to be a static display because there's motorsport taking place as well. And in fact, you can join in on our auto solo and all MGs and all MG Car Club members can take part. All you've got to do is sort yourself out with the regulations, understand them. They're really easy. Get yourself, if you haven't got one already, an MSUK Clubman's license. They're free. You get them from the MSUK website and also just fill out the MG Car Club Auto Solo entry form, which is easily downloadable from the news pages at mgcc.co.uk. If you've got any questions at all, the guy to ask is Noel Linford, and his email address is noel.linford at btinternet.com. He'll be very happy to hear from you if you need to ask him anything about your MG, is it eligible, how difficult is it going to be, can I win, all of those important questions. The main thing is take part and the main thing is come and enjoy a bit of grassroots motorsport as we like to call it with the MG Car Club at the MG Social at the British Motor Museum Gaydon on the 9th of October. Get involved, it'll be good fun and a great way to try out motorsport for the first time. If you fancy giving it a go, that is the best route in. And it's about motorsport we are talking on this week's episode because Snetterton, two weeks ago, rounded up the MG Car Club Race Championship for 2021. I'll have Mark Bolsh and Ian Waterhouse with me in just a moment to review the whole year and tell us all the stories that emerged over the previous few rounds. That's all to come, but I wanted to mention, actually, that MG have been at the drawing board and busy with the crayons recently because... SAIC, SAIC Design, has pulled the wraps off a new MG concept car to mark its third anniversary. Now, these are the designers that are based here in the UK. They work out of London. They're led by a brilliant guy called Carl Gotham, who has got amazing talent for drawing visions of the future in automotive. And this is one of those such visions. And I can imagine it looks as wacky and as futuristic as the MG EXE looked in the 1980s when people first saw that. There are all the pictures on the website and the full write-up about this uh, at mgcc.co.uk on our news pages. But essentially, it's a two-door, two-seater car, a kind of sports smart car, something for the city. I'm not really doing it much justice, I don't think, but you'd have to go and have a look at it and make up your own mind. It's obviously one of those concepts. It's obviously about cities and technology and interconnectivity and all of that sort of IT techie stuff. Uh, but it's an interesting one, and it's an interesting one to see the British designers here in London designing concepts, of course, for MG built in China. Keep an eye on it. All the details on mgcc.co.uk on the news pages there. But next, we'll be reviewing the MG Car Club Championship season that was 2021. The MG Car Club Podcast. The MG Car Club, the mark of friendship. To take advantage of our many membership benefits, access to our centres and registers, and to receive your copy of Safety Fast magazine, join us now at mgcc.go.uk. 
sharing your passion for MG on the MG Car Club podcast. Well, on this week's MG Car Club podcast, we are looking over a year of fantastic motorsport here in the MG Car Club. It was the end of the season, the big climactic round at Snetterton over the weekend of 11th and 12th of September. So I thought a review of the season was due because, wow, didn't we have some battles up and down the field throughout the last five races this year? So joining me to analyse the year that was 2021 in MG Car Club Motorsport is Ian Water house who will be familiar to those of you who watch the stream online because he's the man who stands trackside hi ian hello wayne thank you very lovely introduction there as always thank you and of course we're joined by the man who organizes all of this makes it all happen mark bolch hi mark i'm not sure about making it all happen because i think the competitors do that for us but uh yeah hi to you too wayne it's good to be here well, I'll start with you, Mark, because we started the year with a lot of uncertainty, didn't we? Because here we were talking about the season that was about to begin. And actually, we really didn't know how it was going to pan out because the last time we all sat on a call and spoke, we were in the middle of lockdown. Thankfully, though, the world eased and everything started to get back to normal. Looking back on that time and looking at the amount of work and, and I guess, flexibility you had to build into the championship, um, <laughs> what are your memories of that first opening round uh, way back in April at Brands Hatch? Fantastic memories and lots of sunshine. Um, it was interesting because, as you say, it was a, a really tricky beginning to the year. Um, we'd surprisingly successfully run three race meetings in 2020. And I think that's kind of lost on a lot of people because, you know, we, we tend to think of 2020 as having nothing going on at all. Um, but actually, we did run three race meetings that year. And then we came into 2021 feeling very positive initially uh, and with six races planned for the course of the season. And then, of course, we promptly lost the very first one up at Silverstone National. So our season opener ended up being at Brands Hatch, which would normally have been our second meeting. But uh, thankfully, as I say, the sun shone, uh, all our championships turned out and we had some really great racing. And Ian, it was a fantastic return, wasn't it? As Mark says, it was sunny. Uh, the competitors were eager to go, having been locked up for the winter. And it was nice, I guess, for you to be out commentating them on them as well. It was a wonderful atmosphere. Like you said, back in April, it was, yeah, as Mark says, very good weather. Indeed, and what a circuit to go to for a season opener as well, Brands Hatch. I have to say, a little bit biased. I'm not too far away. I'm, I'm a big, big fan of Brands Hatch. But yeah, it was lovely to see everybody and such a good atmosphere. People just eager to get on track and they didn't have to wait long. So from that initial round, Ian, were there some battles that you started to see form that would last us throughout the rest of the season? Who were the guys that started to catch your eye very early on? Well, into the MG Cup straight away the two names stand out Mike Williams and Morgan Short and um, they, they had some terrific battles certainly at Brands Hatch as well Mike Williams just just bested Morgan Short but we'll come to later rounds uh, further in but uh, yeah there was, there was some cracking battles there Suddenly uh, the Metros as well one I was looking out for and it was actually Tim Shooter who took a took a pair of wins there rather surprisingly because Mark Eel's uh, engine went pop so um, that kind of threw, threw a bit of a curveball for the Metros. It threw things wide open. Uh, and with the BCBAs as well, there's always battles going on. Ollie Neves, of course, uh, I think he's won every round so far this season, hasn't he? He's really gone quite well there. But there's always a nice friendly competition between Simon Cripps and Ian Pryor as well. That's always uh, worth looking out for as well. But yeah, as the season progressed, of course, from Brands Hatch, uh, there was quite a lot to get your teeth into. And of course, one of the names amongst the Zeds that caught my eye was Tyler Ballard, who seemed to really come into his own this year. Young lad, works with MGs during his day job. We've had him on this very podcast, and I kind of got the sense he sort of came of age this year. Yeah, de definitely. I mean, um, I actually know Tyler reasonably well. He, he's not too far away from me. Um, and he's such a nice guy. He always says hello, and, and he's always always patting me on the back every time I walk through the paddock. Now, I don't actually do the, the MG Trophy, but I've got to know the guys throughout the season. And every time I'm listening to the circuit commentary, he's always at the sharp end, isn't he? He's always racing hard. He's always right up there, picking up wins, picking up podiums. Uh, and I know certainly the last round, of course, we'll come to that. Didn't quite go to plan for him. But yeah, he, he's really stepped up a gear this year. And Mark, this is great news, isn't it? Because Tyler is 
really an example of some of the really young new faces that we've had come into the championship, uh, certainly during the last couple of years. Absolutely, Wayne. I think uh, the trophy is a good example of how the MG family spans all age groups. So we've gone from having last year one of our stalwart competitors that's been racing in trophy for years and years, Graham Ross, won the championship in 2020, to a young up-and-coming driver that uh, had only really started in the championship very shortly beforehand, coming through and winning this year. And we'll, we'll talk more about that in a moment. But I think it's great to see the... Um, accolades being handed over from the old guard to the new guard that's it it's a supportive family it's i, I often hear competitors talk about the fact that you know on track uh, there's there's no love lost between door handles out there you know it's real proper <laughs> racing but in the paddock everyone's everyone's in in their best uh, frame of mind everyone is friends with each other and there's a huge amount of support between crews as well isn't there i'll tell you what when you you really hit the nail on the head there i think your trophy especially yeah, they, they will definitely lose some paint off their door handles. But if one of them needs a part in the paddock or one of them needs some help changing an engine or changing a gearbox, everybody jumps in, mucks in and helps because they want as many people out there as possible to race with. And it must have been a good memory for you from this year to be walking up and down the paddock at Brands Hatch, looking around you, knowing that we're back racing again. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, the quiet season for me is you hinted at before we started talking uh, on, on the tape was that, you know, I, I do a lot in rallying as well over the winter. But the beginning of the race season for me is really a special moment. And to see the track come alive and the competitors back out racing is always great. Well, don't forget, of course, you can find all of the results from every single round of the MG Car Club Championship on the website at mgcc.co.uk. Just click the motorsport button from the homepage there, and you can look back on all of the timing, all of the results, and all of the detailed information, including the race reports themselves from every single round that we are talking about here on this podcast and also find out information on how you could enter the championship next year and we'll give you some more details on that to come uh just a month later then after brands hatch everyone was celebrating the fact we were out racing then we find ourselves up north at alton park and this is a real favorite circuit isn't it mark between the competitors it definitely is it's a real driver's circuit a real challenge for all of them and they love to be there and it was lovely to be there in May. Again, the sun shone, which is such a huge contrast to what it had done in October. Because I think when we actually got there in May, Ian was still drying out from the previous meeting there in October. <laughs> I remember, Wayne, uh, last year at Alton Park, of course, I think there'd been, um, because there was so much water on the track, it had to be delayed. And of course, we were ready. You know, we were there filming and we were live getting ready to go and... Uh, we're on the podium gantry, just waiting and waiting and waiting for it to be safe. I thought, well, there's no point in cutting the live feed. We'll just stay live. And we filled about 50 minutes of just waffle. Uh, <laughs> and it seemed to go down really well. People seemed to enjoy looking at a soaking wet Alton Pike with no cars going around, just listening to me talk nonsense for 50 minutes. But yeah, it was nice to get there and not have to get the wellies out. <laughs> they were probably watching to see how long you were going to stick it out before someone handed you an umbrella or something, I think. <laughs> yes, you got wetter and wetter, but no such problems with the weather this year. Again, another great round in May, wasn't it? Well, yeah, and of course, the other thing is it was the first time we had spectators back and uh, we were all really glad to see them in the stands. Um, believe it or not, the competitors do see and hear you when you're out there and uh, they were all commenting on it afterwards in their post-race interviews and I'm sure they were to you as well, Ian. Yeah, it was lovely to see, wasn't it? It's, uh, I mean, now, of course, they've been back for a while, so we're sort of back used to it again, but it was weird seeing people. You know, normally, we, we had, certainly last year, we had everywhere we could go and it was silent if you went to... Uh, obscure part of the circuit nobody was anywhere near you but now yeah it was good to have that atmosphere back it's good to have people waving at the camera thumbs up it just gives that atmosphere again doesn't it absolutely Alton Park then a technical circuit one that uh, really does test drivers and as you look back on that particular round Ian what were the standout battles for you there well as I mentioned from Brands Hatch uh, in the MG Cup especially Mike Williams and Morgan Short now, Morgan Shaw actually picked up his first ever race win at Alton Park. Uh, he was absolutely delighted. He, he just bested Mike Williams. There wasn't a lot in it. There's 0.4 over the line. Uh, but he got his first ever win from Mike Williams. And one thing we started to see 
in the MG Cup as well, is that Matthew Simpson and Richard Buckley started to close the gap as well. And uh, as the season progressed, and we'll come to that, of course, uh, you will notice that yeah, things uh, things got tighter and tighter in the MG Cup. It also marked the return to form for Mark Eels. Uh, he wasn't even sure he was going to be able to make Alton Park uh, after he needed to replace his engine from Brands Hatch, but he did. He came back with a bang, got his wheels in motion and took a pair of wins as well. So he went very well. Once again, with the BCB8, so it was all he needs right at the front. And uh, we did the Cockshoot Cup as well uh, for the first time too. Uh, that was good to, to get involved with guys. Ray Collier went very well there. Mark Bellamy, Carl Green, Simon Lowry, David Coulthard. It was great to see. Uh, so yes, it's plenty of action as always right through the field. And um, yeah, I do remember Jim Bryan having a bit of a bump in the BCV8 uh, off the barrier, but pleased to say he was fine. Car was absolutely fine, and he was back out next round. And this is the thing, Mark. By the time we get to the second round, you start to see these battles start to emerge. Um, and as Ian said, there we had the Cockshoot Cup out with us for the first time. Explain for those who might be unfamiliar as to how this is all set up, how that works, because basically they take the northern venues, don't they? Pretty much, they're um, a northwest-based championship. Uh, so they tend to race more up in, in the northwest of the country, although we had a really good showing of them at Snetterton, which we'll come to shortly. But what we've also seen in the Cockshoot Cup is a resurgence of the MGFs, which we'd started to see a few less of over the last couple of years. But this year, we put some real effort into the MGF um, registrations and, and getting more of them out to race. And, and that's paid dividends. And we saw a good number of them there at Alton Park. Well, that was the 22nd of May. And... It seems like uh, like a blink of an eye, uh, and in a flash, we were at what would normally be, of course, the big MG Live event. Uh, it wasn't this year, but we still went racing at the big ticket moment through the season. It is the Silverstone Grand Prix circuit, the 12th and the 13th of June. This is always a big treat, not only for the competitors because of the kudos and the experience of racing at Silverstone. It's a real test of engineering for the MGs as well, because it is mainly flat out especially for things like midgets and uh, some of the smaller engine cars and of course by now you're getting to the sort of midpoint of the season and there's some real stories developing so looking back Ian on Silverstone I mean it's a great track difficult for you to commentate yeah. on I imagine because it's blooming massive <laughs> <laughs> yeah well exactly that yeah it just goes on and on and on and on and on doesn't it um, but no I mean look once again the we had the BCB8 said, didn't we? And Oli Nees was getting very close to wrapping up the title there. But again, it was Neil Fowler. Uh, you just you just feel if you just get a little bit more out of that car, you could really, really go for it. One thing I always find with the BCB8 is, and I find I have a bit of uh, a bit of a few jokes with James Wheeler because he's got to be the unluckiest race driver in the world uh, because <laughs> most of the time he uh, he starts a race, he gets about three laps in, he's going really, really well, he's coming through the field and then he retires, he just suddenly disappears. However, he did have a podium at Silverstone, so that was a big cheer uh, for James. So I was really delighted about that, because we didn't actually have the Metros, though, with us, did we either, which um, which was a shame they were they were elsewhere. Um, and we didn't actually do the Cockshoot Cup, because they were with the Midget and Sprite Challenge, which we did at Brands Hatch, but they shared a grid, didn't they, I think, at Silverstone. Mm -hmm. So it kind of opened things up a bit, uh, a little bit there. With the MG Cup, though, once again, we had Mike Williams, Richard Buckley, Matthew Simpson, going toe-to-toe -to -toe as well. I believe, actually, it was Wayne Sterling Parker, if I believe this correctly, it was his last ever race, and not just for the MG Cup, but last ever race ever that weekend too. So that was quite a nice story, and uh, I think a little bit emotional at the end of the day. I don't know. I've I've come across drivers. There are a few that honour that when they retire, but I imagine at some point he will be tempted back into the driving seat of something. It just doesn't leave you that quickly. I think he's signed up for next year, so I there think he might sign up for next year. So. <laughs> he told me it was his last ever race, but uh, maybe not. He's got the bug already. <laughs> like all the best boy bands, they just retire and keep coming back. <laughs> I mean, Silverstone, you mentioned the BCV8s there. It is their circuit, isn't it, really? Because this is an opportunity to see those V8 muscle MGs really open it up. And Silverstone lends itself to that kind of car brilliantly. It's all about the power and the top speed, isn't it? I'll just say that the sound as well. Oh, my word. If you've never been to watch the BCV8s uh, next year, you've got to come along to a track because, wow, they are loud, aren't they? When they thunder right past you as well big straights there at Silverstone. Yeah, chatting to the guys. They absolutely love it. They absolutely love it. Again, Ollie Neves in Class D, he, he's just in that V8. He's, he's just got a slight head of the steam with everybody else, but 
Neil Fowler's in there, you know, next season. Neil Fowler, watch out for him. I think he's going to be challenging Neves next season. And Mark, it was something of a miracle, really, that the MG Car Club Championship ended up at Silverstone on that weekend. Uh, as I mentioned, normally we'd be there with the big MG Live Festival, but because of the world changing in the way that it has, that wasn't possible. It was nothing short of a miracle that the championship still managed to pull off a race meeting there. I, I think that's a fair assessment of it, yes. Um, it was always a little bit touch and go as to whether we were going to be able to make that work. But thankfully, we had a, a number of guests in attendance as well. Uh, and I, I, it would be remiss of me not to mention the minis who actually filled the grid at Silverstone. And to give you a clue of what that means, there were over 50 minis in one race wow. on one particular occasion. And yeah. uh, Ian was just talking about the, the sight and the sound of the BCV8s. The sight, sound and smell of 50-odd minis going around Stowe's <laughs> corner on that first lap was just incredible. Amazing. Well, you might have had 50 minis, but I can guarantee you only three quarters of the wheels were on the ground on every single corner when they were going round. They are a real thing. And do you think this is the future, Mark, to make, um, you know, at the end of the day, as much as we talk about the sort of romance of motorsport here on the MG Car Club podcast, there is the harsh reality of life that it costs money to go racing. It costs the club money to go racing. It needs to make a kind of business case, I guess. And do you think that's going to be the future where a lot more invitations and collaborations happen in order to make sure not just the MG Car Club, but everyone else can go racing as well? I think you'll continue to see a mix. I mean, you know, we're very clear at the MG Car Club that it's a membership organisation run by its members for its members. Um, we want to support those members that want to go racing. In order to do that, we, we do also need to go out and sell some track time to guests. And so you'll see some um, different people in the coming year. Um, we're having some negotiations now and we're talking some, to some potentially different guests. And for me, that just makes the racing more exciting because you get to see lots of different things. And there's a historical significance, especially to Silverstone, isn't there, in that if you go back into the mists of time in the post-war period, immediately after the Second World War, when Silverstone was still an airfield, there was a car club that came together, raised funds, put on events and created the Silverstone race circuit in the way that we know it today. And that was the MG Car Club. So it is important by hook or by crook somehow, that the MG Car Club retains that association with Britain's best race circuit, isn't it? As you say, it's a very historical link. And at the end of the day, racing is in MG's DNA. If you look back through the history of the mark, there has always been racing. There's always been land speed records. There's always been Le Mans attempts. It's just what the club does and what the, car, the mark does and what the cars do. It must be special for you as well, Ian, as a commentator, to be stood there at a circuit that has so much history, is the home of the British Grand Prix, let's not forget. And here we are with the MGs we love racing around the track and building some fantastic stories amongst it as well. That's that's a special moment, surely, for you. Oh, Wayne, I think uh, we said off-air, didn't we, that, um, you know, it's, it's not really a proper job, is it? <laughs> I mean, you know, you get to go to Silverstone, you get to go to Brands, you go to Donnie's Park, you know, Ayrton Senna, Alan Pross, you, you name it. They've all raced there. They've all stood in the same garages as you. And, and you know, it's nice being in the national pits as well. I really like being in the national pits because um, that was where I first started watching Formula One uh, and going to watch it live as well. And that's where it used to be. Of course, now they've got the wing uh, and everything. But, you know, you can just, you can smell the history. You can see it on the tarmac. And I must say a big thank you to Silverstone as well, actually, because they let us go up to the top, you know, the, the start line gantry, mm -hmm. uh, where the lights go out, and they let us film from up there, which is very kind, because I, I don't think you're normally supposed to, but uh, they, they very kindly allowed us to go up there for the start. So we've got a bird's eye view of the start of the races, and we can stay up there, and my word, as the cars are thundering underneath your feet, literally underneath your feet, you could, it just shakes. The whole gantry just shakes. And you're like, whoa, you get shivers up your spine. It's incredible. <laughs> well, I do know that your coverage of Silverstone, Ian, was so good that even the people that had bought tickets and gone to the track to watch the race in were actually watching it on our Facebook page on their mobiles as well because they didn't get that kind of access. So, uh, yeah, you, you bring in like a 3D aspect to commentary and the experience of the race championship. And also, Mark, of course, we had a big MG Car Club involvement at Silverstone with the track parades as well, didn't we? Yes, we did. Um, we, it was the first time we were able to run the track parades again because obviously we weren't able to do that in 2020. 
and uh, we had a good number of members take up the offer to drive around that historic track. And uh, the first time they were able to drive up the newly named Sir Lewis Hamilton Strait. So I think they definitely enjoyed that. And then, no sooner had we taken breath from Silverstone, did we head north once again. Uh, we had a little bit of a breather because this was the middle weekend in July, 17th to the 18th of July, and it was Donington Park. And this shows the sort of way that you're planning these events, doesn't it, Mark? You know, you sort of south, then north, then south, then north again, and it does try and spread out the action across the country. It certainly does. Uh, we try and mix it up a bit to give uh, everybody an opportunity to come and race. And Donington was an amazing weekend, not only because we've talked about sunshine already a lot in this particular uh, interview, but it was an absolute scorcher that weekend. And uh, we actually ended up having to take water around to the marshals. It was so hot. But we were also joined by the Triple M's. And for those of you that don't know what the Triple M's are, I would urge you to come to one of the meetings where we have them in attendance next year, because these are the pre-war and between-war cars that are still being used by people to go racing, even though some of them are 90 years old. And they are a sight, sound and smell to behold. They're amazing. They really are. They have a sound like nothing else, like a mini Bentley blower, I always think, because they have those little fanned-out exhaust tailpipes. And uh, I was at Goodwood Revival the weekend just gone and saw a stunning C-type uh, there, uh, mid-30s C-type, of course, known as the Montelleri Midgets from their land speed record DNA. It was when Cecil Kimber was really into his uh, speed records uh, in the late 20s, early 30s, as he was establishing the MG brand. And these are pivotal cars in MG's history and just shows you why MG got the name it did because, you know, we're going back 90 years here and these cars are still able to drift bends, drive flat out and provide some really exciting motorsport, don't they, Mark? Oh, they definitely do. And you probably also noticed there were three MGs in the Sir Sterling Moss parade uh, when they were remembering some of the cars that he'd driven. Mm. Uh, a couple of Sabring Sprites and a, an MGB. So that brought a smile to my face as well. And for you, Ian, I mean, Donington is just a fantastic circuit to commentate on. From your position, you can see just about all of it. And there are so many tricky corners and fast straights, and the combination of both of those means there's always some massive action. So what are your highlights from Donington Park? Well, my, one of my highlights, actually, the track action is always fantastic. Um, but there was a bit of action in the paddock as well, and I remember having a water fight with Mike Williams from the Metro's. And Matthew Simpson as well. Yes, it was that hot. Uh, and I'll tell you something, as you said, Mark, all we've mentioned is how hot the weather's been in the UK this year. Uh, anybody who's never been to the UK will probably think it's like a desert over here. But uh, it does rain. It still does rain quite a lot. Uh, but it was it, a wonderful atmosphere. And again, we were doing the Cockshoot Cup that weekend too. And we like to do our walks behind the scenes with the paddock and the call up with Carl Green because he had a very good weekend that weekend. And I just must say, it is such a pleasure to walk through the paddock and we do it completely a bit like um martin brother when he just does it with the microphone one camera live anything can happen and we do that and we walk through and it gives us the chance to capture these moments you know carl green was was emotional because it just picked up the win and it was great to talk to us mark wright as well uh, we talked about the mgfs earlier of course he picked up a win at donington uh, and he was more than happy to come along and talk to us. And then we bumped into Mike Williams having a water fight with Matthew Simpson and the kids all running around having a great time. And and it's just, it's moments like that, that you, you just, you don't normally get to see. And it's things like that, that you think, oh, racing drivers, they're all, they're just sitting in their overalls getting ready to go. But they don't, they, they just have such a good time. And they'll make you feel so welcome as well. And it's just, it's a real, real privilege. And then, of course, you've got all the track action to look forward to as well. It's a double bubble of fun, isn't it? Well, and action there was as well, because some of those battles that we identified early on at Brands Hatch, this was the moment when they really started to come to fruition, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, look, absolutely, absolutely. I know, um, unfortunately, in, in the MG Cup, uh, Morgan Short wasn't with us. I think there was a couple of issues with the car. Uh, but we did see Richard Buckley, and I said this a little bit earlier, didn't I? Uh, we're going to see Richard Buckley come to the fore. And he picked up a win. He got the better of Mike Williams uh, in the first race for the MG Cup. Matthew Simpson right up there. And this was the moment as well that Ian Dowling really started to pull away in Class B there too. Uh, Kevin Burke going well, Katie Twigger, Dave Harrison, Dan Jones as well. Uh, that is a battle that would go long term with uh, 
Ian Dowler. Uh, but also in the BCVH as well, Russell McCarthy, big shout. He came second as well. Neil Fowler just dropping back. It was a dominant weekend again for Ollie Neves. And of course, Mark Eels once again picking up a pair of wins in the Metros. Uh, Dan Willers was his big rival, but a big shout out to Steve Williams as well because he got a podium at Donington too in the Metros. And Mark, we talked about the young faces that we have amongst the championships um, earlier on and Donington was really where they shone wasn't it and and it really was the sort of uh, it, it set everything up for the big battle that we'll talk about in a moment at uh, the season ender at Snetterton Donington was the moment where it all got a little bit tense for the youngsters Yes there were a, a few coming together unfortunately glad to hear that everybody was alright afterwards but we had a, a couple of bent cars uh, which we never really liked to see um, but it was the weekend that uh, the young Sam Kirkpatrick basically clinched the title in the MG Trophy. Um, so he came through, having only been in the championship a couple of years, um, really dominated the uh, early races. Um, and basically by the end of the weekend, there he was as the 2021 MG Trophy champion. When you talk to people like Sam, Mark, what's their future plans here? Are they using the MG Trophy as a sort of springboard to other motorsports, or is this their main focus? You'll get some and some there, Wayne, to be fair. Uh, I think in Sam's case, he's certainly looking to go further on and, and to do other things in motorsport. And we have a number of the Motorsport UK Academy drivers that are also in MG Trophy. So Joseph Delgano, Josh Bacon uh, are both in that academy and are looking to have a career in motorsport, which is quite exciting, actually. But what an accolade for the MG Trophy and for the, all the MG Car Club Championships in that that is seen as a genuine and useful stepping stone into motorsport. And that shows also the respect that the motorsport industry and the wider world has for what we do. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely seen as being um, something that's obtainable. Um, we had both uh, Joseph Delgano at the British Motor Show and uh, Tyler Ballard, a number of other shows um, promoting the MG Trophy Championship and the fact that it is something that you can get into for not a huge outlay of money. You know, we, we have this understanding that motorsport is very expensive, but in fact, you can get a trophy car race prepared for around about £5,000 and go racing and then potentially look forward to a, a longer career in the sport itself. So definitely a launch pad. Absolutely, and we were really lucky in that uh, the Triumph and MG weekend at Malvern fell such that we could have a lot of the racers along, and they had a fantastic display of cars that just about covered every championship you could enter in the MG Car Club. They had an indoor display, people got to get up close to the cars, talk to the drivers, work out you know, how much it costs, and talk to them about how they prepare their cars. We then also brought all of those cars into the arena where Sam Coleman and I were commentating and got to know those drivers drivers really well Tyler Ballard being amongst them David Coulthard was there so many of our uh, uh, big names from from the MG Car Club race championship and it was a real opportunity wasn't it outside of the race season to actually just go and promote what the guys do yes which is really um, very important to us because it's a huge club MG Car Club I'm very happy to say that it is and I think that it's nice to be able to let all of our members know what we do do on the racing side and just how exciting it is but also just how accessible it is. Absolutely. MG Car Club uh, has a website dedicated to motorsport that gives you lots of information you need if you're interested. mgcc.co.uk. Just click the motorsport buttons there and you can find out all the information, not just on circuit racing either, all of the speed championship for the hill climb and sprints and the track days that are on offer as well, which many are used for testing and practicing for the race championship guys as well. And then... We headed off, uh, after a bit of a breather, I suppose, to the big season ender. And there was a lot of excitement about this because it was the return not only of the end of the season, but also the return of the relay race as well. It was the Snetterton 300, the 11th and 12th of September. And you must have been gearing yourself up, Ian, for what was always promised to be and what delivered some door handle scratching stuff. Yeah. And of course, a number of champions crowned as well, which is always I see now. Snetterton as well has a, a very fond memory for me uh, because I actually I slept at Snetterton on the Saturday night underneath a tree in the paddock in the tent. Now, I'm not known for my uh, abilities for camping. Normally, I, I'm, I'm a hotel kind of guy. Uh, but there was there was a bit of a shindig on the Saturday night, a bit of a, an end of season sort of shindig with the Vetros and, 
MG Cup. And, and again, it's that type of thing, two different championships coming together to sort of celebrate the end of season. And that was nice. And of course, for the MG Cup and the Metros, they had their own grids as well. And it was actually nice to see, certainly for the Metros, uh, the grid size is growing, really growing quite well. I think they started the season at Brands Hatch with 12 cars. Uh, I think they ended it with 18. And, and I think there's something that's going to be potentially 23, 24 next season. Uh, so that is fantastic to see. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, look back to the championships. And in, in, in the MG Cup, it went down to the wire. Mike Williams, of course, he, uh, he was trying to calculate it in his head. He took both wins and I think he said he needed the fastest lap and he got it all. And in the end, taking the championship there, Ian Dowler uh, taking the honours in Class B and Yaga Keane to do tidy in Class A. But I must give a special mention as well to Aaron Ross in Class A in the MG Cup. He came back. He actually won both races for the MG Cup too. It was Mark Hills who got the job done in the Metros. Although, uh, again, it's uh, Ben Williams, wasn't it? Ben Williams was back. It's only It was only his third ever race, third ever race, uh, not just in the Metros, ever. And he got third in his first race uh, wow. at Snetterton. So congratulations to him in the Metros. But of course, it was Mark Eels who ended up wrapping up the title. Now, I know the BCBAs have another round to go, but Ollie Nees did actually wrap up the title, uh, confirmed at Snetterton as well. So uh, a lot of party atmosphere with Cockshoot Cup as well. It was Ray Collier getting the job done in Class C. And back to the MGS, Brian Butler, I believe, in Class F, wrapped up the title as well at Snetterton. So there was a lot of happy people, a lot of champagne being sprayed, a lot of trophies handed out. And a wonderful atmosphere once again. Absolutely. And uh, Mark, over in the MG Trophy, uh, it was the win, of course, wrapped up was uh, at Donington. But uh, we spoke about Tyler Ballard earlier. Uh, this was the year that really his season started to make him look like a real potential for a championship win. But it, it kind of all unraveled for him, bless him, didn't it, at Snetterton? Yes, it wasn't uh, his best of meetings, unfortunately. Uh, again, we had we had a bit of a coming together and, and he had a few other issues as well as the weekend went on. Um, but overall, again, a, a great weekend. Um, two outstanding moments for me, um, both of which I guess were, were off track, but kind of resulted from what had happened on track. And, and the first was the uh, young Jack Chapman in the trophy championship, who only joined the championship this year and who won on Saturday the driver of the race award in the first race um, for coming um, from the very back of the grid. He had to start in the pit lane, came from the very back of the grid to, to come through to uh, not quite get a trophy, but to be well up the listings. And uh, I called him out for his award when he'd won it, and he literally skipped up to the awards table to collect <laughs> his trophy. And it was a, a wonderful moment to see. But it went on to get even better because at the end of the day, he then went on to win Driver of the Day Award as well, which is a very special award for the drivers because it's um, decided upon by the, uh, the, the uh, commentators. Uh, and so it means a lot to them. But to see this young guy winning Driver of the Day at the end of the weekend just, just made the day for me. The other moment, which I know you can see on, on Ian's feed from the uh, awards ceremony after the MG Cup races, was uh, the whole of the MG Cup family singing happy birthday to uh, Ian Dowler, who was uh, just about to celebrate a, a fairly large birthday. I, I, I won't say how many years it was, and if you watch the footage, you'll probably get a clue. Uh, but it was great fun. We really had a really great weekend. I mean, Ian, you must see as commentator, uh, and, and as someone, I guess, who follows these guys so closely throughout their season, you must see these personalities sort of grow and develop and, and young guys come in and win their first trophies or awards and then sort of grow and develop. And, and you, I guess you must feel like, A, you know them really well and B, like you're kind of part of their family in a way. You do. You get to know them really well. And, and uh, Mark just mentioned Ian Dowler there. That, that was what, one of the reasons we were having the shindig. And we actually filmed him. We had some sparklers in a cake and that night, Saturday night, everybody saying happy birthday. And and there's just, you're so welcome. You know, everybody just, you know, come in, have a good time, relax. And and you see it across the board, don't you? And then you get to know the drivers. And over a period of time, they might go off and do other things or have success in other areas. And it's so nice to see because you're like, oh, yeah, I was there when you won at Donington or I was there when you did this. And, and now you're doing this or, or now you're winning the championship again for a third time in a row or something like like that and it's it's a real it's an honor actually to be honest Wayne because they make you feel like family and you know this is sport at the end of the day it is friendly 
But as soon as they get out of track, they all say the same thing as well. You know, that's great in a paddock. Well, you know, it's, it's a great championship to be involved in. It's friendly, et cetera, which is wonderful. And, and they are. But then you talk to me in the assembly area and it's like, yeah, I want to beat him. You know, I want to beat him. You talk to Simon Cripps, you talk to Ian Pryor. They have a lot of friendly banter in the paddock. But then they get in the assembly area. It's like, no, I am, I am seriously, I'm going to go dive down the inside at the first corner. But, you know, <laughs> I want to beat him. <laughs> you know, and, and it's like two different personalities. But even if they do have a, a little bit of door rubbing or something, the race will end. And half the time you talk to the drivers, they're not even in contention. You know, they're, they're trundling along in, in 15th and, and sort of sixth in class or something, but they're having a battle. And we, we spoke about battles that formed over the season in the metros. Uh, we had Neil Burnett and Pete Coleman. Now, they were trundling, realistically, they're sort of trundling 11 to 12 throughout the season. But I tell you something, between them, every single lap, they were just locked together. One minute it would be Neil in front, the next minute it would be Pete in front, then it would be Neil in front, then it would be Pete. And they'd come out beaming from ear to ear, even though, you know, they were, they were never going to win. But it didn't matter. That wasn't the point. They were there to race and they had somebody to race against. And it just made their entire weekend. And it's such a nice thing to see. Yeah, you've made a good point there. And especially in club racing, it's not about necessarily always who wins the outright win or the class win. It's often about those stories that emerge throughout all parts of the grid, isn't it? Throughout all parts of the the running order. And there are little groups of, of racers within the lower, lower numbers there that are actually just having a battle with themselves. Actually, aren't too interested in the main win because it's probably out of reach for the particular car they've decided to race or whatever. But amongst themselves, a little group, they are having their own little battle and almost like their own little mini championship going on there do you know i've heard a story actually and i think it was in the cockshoot cup and I, I, I can't remember who it was but i heard a story one of the drivers uh do, does it for the love of the sport really and would would drive around and if they got to a point where they're sort of just by themselves they would pull into the pits and they'd say to one of their mechanics or something or one of their team members can you let me know an xyz driver's coming through then I'm going to pull out of the pits and I'm going to try and have a battle with them. I'm going to try and get past them. <laughs> <laughs> they just didn't care. You know, they, they didn't care that it, okay, it might be a 20-minute race. They just wanted to race. You know, and it doesn't matter where you finish. It doesn't matter if you're first, sixth, 17th. They just want to have a race. And some of the most excitable people I've ever seen, they get out of the car and it's like, Do you know, I had this incredible battle with this driver. You know, it's so good. And it, look, I don't care if I finished eighth. I've just had such a great time. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. People enjoying the sport coming together and enjoying their love of MGs and racing them. And Mark, it was full of love, actually, at Snetterton, because actually it was the uh, in, another invitation that joined us. And at Snetterton, we had a gaggle of Morgans come along, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We had a really good grid of Morgans and uh, they joined us several times this year. Again, it's something different for our spectators to see. And of course, I'm not a British mark, so I, I do very much like the idea of having British marks along to support the MGs because uh, we all come from the same history, in, a, in effect, and it's really good to see them. They're close racing as well in the Morgans. They, they keep each other very honest. Well, I guess you have to when you're made of wood, but uh, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> and of course, you know, when you look back on some of the archive footage of races, iconic races in the 50s and 60s, Morgans and MGs would have been doing battle. They would have been driven by the same people quite often who would jump between teams and often tuned by the same tuning specialists as well. So as you say, the history is very much interlinked. And I guess it's a nice treat as well for some of the MG Car Club uh, drivers and supporters actually just to see how other people do it. Yes, and it's a very different type of racing. Uh, and of course, the cars are prepared in a slightly different way. Um, so it's uh, something a little bit unusual for them, which I, th I think they enjoy. Well, looking back then over the season that we had, Mark, uh, obviously a real pivotal season because of coming out of what we did. Uh, you managed to run a full season, uh, organising it at the very early point in the year where we didn't know whether any motorsport would be able to take place because, as I mentioned, we were we were deep in lockdown. It's hard to imagine now, deep in lockdown, when we did our season opening show. Uh, looking back over the last season, what do you think have been the best successes that you and the team have managed to achieve? I think we've had to adapt again this year. We had to last year. There were a number of regulation changes. And as the year went on, those regulation changes continued. So I think 
at every single meeting we had slightly different rules to the one we had at the meeting before um, which is always challenging for an organizing team i should record my thanks for this point to all of the people that help a race meeting everybody from the clerks of the course that actually oversee the racing to of course our friends in orange out on the track looking after competitors the ever so important marshals to all of the background staff the championship coordinators that get the competitors to come along and, and keep geeing them along to actually get their entries in all of those people have such a huge part to play in making sure that our racing seasons are a success and it has been another successful year and we really really look forward to doing it all again in 2022 absolutely and uh, i should also record uh, a moment here for uh, one of those heroes in orange of course the marshal rob foot now this didn't happen at an mg car club round but we were talking about brands hatch earlier which was the circuit in which uh, unfortunately and tragically rob foot one of the volunteer marshals at another race event uh, this year lost his life in an accident in the pre-93 and pre-2003 touring car race there uh, it was uh, a saturday back in uh, june and uh yeah we should just mark a moment to as you say thank all of those volunteer marshals but also remember heroes like rob foot who give so much for the sport and sometimes in his case they give their life so uh we are always thankful to those marshals who come out can every i just weekend. add to that as well wayne sorry because um with our media bibs it gives us access trackside um very very close to the track where the marshal posts are based essentially and i don't think people realize just how close it is and how dangerous it is as well i mean we're stood there we're like oh we'll, we'll just move back a little bit and they spend the entire day there the marshals and, and they're going out onto the track and they're doing this and and we really couldn't go racing without them and it's it's quite incredible but also they've got to be the nicest people in the world they really have i mean they're always waving at us and i said oh you come in here i mean i was um i was I've been at Snetterton a lot this season and of course Snetterton it tends to rain there quite a lot and in the assembly area there's a little marshal booth and and it rained one time and the marshal said Ian come in here don't stand out in the rain come in and it's a tiny little box but they let us have it and, and it's just they're just so nice really really great people and we can't thank them enough because they make it possible and a lot of people don't realise even at the big event, events big ticket events things like the British Grand Prix in Formula 1 things like the Le Mans 24 Hours just like our MG Car Club events, all of those marshals that wear orange and save people's lives and make sure races go ahead safely, they're all volunteers, aren't they? They absolutely are. And uh, if you're interested in getting involved in that, please do follow up on it. I would uh, recommend you have a look at the British Motorsports Marshals Club website, which is BMMC. Uh, if you Google that or use any other uh, tool to, to search the internet you'll find them and they can tell you all about how to get involved it's a great again another family of people that just come out and uh, thoroughly enjoy their motorsport absolutely and uh, when you're working on commentary teams as ian says there you get to know the marshals and it's amazing just how many of the same marshals crop up at different race meets all over the country and totally different events as well and you sort of see all these familiar faces you know uh, as you say, a real special family to be a part of. And uh, I guess we now need to look forward then to 2022. Uh, it's amazing to think that we're already into 2022. And Mark, I guess for you, the work has already begun on planning next year's season. Oh, absolutely. Yes, we're already talking to the tracks. We're already putting a calendar together, talking to the championships to see which races they want to come along to. So planning is well underway. And how do we get involved with the MG Car Club Championship, Mark? What's the best way to find out? What's the best way to learn about how to prepare a car? Where is all this information kept? And who are the best people to speak to? So it's all on the motorsports side of the website. So go to mgcc.co.uk, click on the motorsport link, and then you'll get all the links through to all the various championships and all the details of the championship coordinators so that you can contact them and talk to them about how to get involved. And Ian, for you, 2022 marks the start of another season and another load of stories to pass on to us guys watching at home via the social media pages of the MG Car Club. Uh, what have been your learnings from the 2021 season and what are you most looking forward to in 2022? Well, I, think, I think one of the biggest things for me this season is we've moved into other championships with the MG Car Club that we didn't do last year. Um, and it's been a real pleasure. It's been a real treat for me to learn even more about MG cars as well. 
has been a, a real important factor going forward too. Uh, next year again, just I just can't wait to get going. I, I mean, I'm actually surprised already that you know we've got to September and the season's over. Uh, I mean, I've still got a bit uh, with a few things to close out from the year, of course. But I'm also hoping as well that we can get things uh, locked in a little bit sooner than last year, of course. Even uh, normally, normally I like to have my calendar sort of set by December time. But of course, due to COVID for the last two years, it's uh, well. I remember certainly end of 2019 I had my calendar set and then COVID came and wiped it all out and then uh, certainly this year I, I think it didn't really get done until about March time so I'm kind of hoping to get everything done by December so I can put my feet up in January and get ready for the new season. And I must mention as well when you're Facebook live in through, through the MG Car Club uh, website uh, you do get the messages that our viewers are sending through to you, don't you? So you are aware of people yep. watching. You are aware of all of the communications and the conversations going on. So I guess the message is is to get in touch with you when you're out there. And if there's someone's got a question, if someone wants to pass on a message to someone at the track, anything like that, to just leave a yep. comment there and get involved. Yeah, please do. Uh, and to anybody listening, this is your show at the end of the day. You know, we, we're there to cover the championships. We're there to give you a look behind the scenes. We're there to give you... The content that we think you want to see, uh, if there's anything else you want to see, please do. Please do comment below. We can see the comments. We'll read them out. We like to get behind the scenes. We think it's it's largely about the people. We want you to meet the people, meet the drivers, get a closer look at the cars. We can't ignore the track action, of course. Uh, you know, that's, that's the star of the show, shall we say. Um, but it's your show. Uh, anybody watching it, it is your show. So please do comment below. We can see them. If there's a particular driver you really want us to go talk to, we will endeavour and do our utmost to go and find that driver for you. So, uh, so please do get involved. It's your show, and uh, that, that's that's it, really. And of course, we remind you of every single race meeting via the weekly MG Car Club e-newsletter that comes into your inbox every Saturday afternoon. We remind you of the links. We remind you of where to watch it, and of course, we share all of the race reports with you as well, which you can read at any time via the MG Car Club website at mgcc.co.uk. Mark, sum up 2021 in three words. Sunshine, racing, family. And you, Ian? Oh, well, definitely suntan. We can count <laughs> as one word. <laughs> uh, party, because we've had a few parties. Uh, camping. Oh, can I have more words? Because there's just too many words to go, isn't it? Action. Uh, intensity uh, and friendliness as well so uh, I'm sorry apologies I can't I can't stick to trees typical commentator you give him an inch and he takes a mile but uh, Ian you've done a brilliant job it's been fantastic watching you throughout the season bringing all of the action to us at home for the MG Car Club family and to you Mark well done for another brilliant season delivered and all the best of luck to you and your team on pulling together 2022 we can't wait to do the season preview with you here on this podcast at the start of next year. So uh, to Mark Bolsh and to Ian Waterhouse, thank you both. Thank you very much indeed. Subscribe to receive new episodes of the MG Car Club podcast at mgpodcast.uk.